The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Welcome back to Officially Unofficial, presented by Blue Wire Podcast. I'm your host, the former face of junior college baseball, the fall American Johnny Junta, and we are joined with one of my own, a man that is a relief pitcher for the Toronto Blue Jays and honestly my hero, Kirby Sneed. How are you, brother? Good, good, man. Nice to meet you. It's nice to meet you, too. And obviously, I told you before the show, we had to get you on. You come, you, you get called up, and you just immediately post a 2-3-5 ERA. Is that good? You tell me. But before we get into that, I want to bring up the draft and all that stuff before. Was part of you shaking because you were, I'm assuming, on draft day, it was like, please, God, the Yankees don't draft me. Because you have long hair and a beard. Were you like, God yeah. forbid, right? I mean, God forbid the Yankees draft me. I'm going to have to cut all this shit off. No, so in college, uh, we weren't allowed to have, you know, beards or long hair or anything. So we had to keep a, you know, clean shave or whatever. But um. Yeah, draft day was it was a little stressful, you know. Um, I didn't know where I was going to be picked, and obviously, I kind of wanted. To, I was after my junior season. I was hoping I could leave school and start my professional career. So, um, yeah, I mean, I got drafted tenth round by the Jays, and uh, you know, had some ups and downs through the minors, but was fortunate enough to make it up this year. And I'm just thankful for you know all the all the things that the Blue Jays have given me, opportunities and whatnot. And I'm just looking at your baseball reference here. I mean, it looks like a goddamn Bible. I mean, you've pretty much been around the ringer. I mean, I, I, yeah. I'm not a yeah, big, man. I'm not a big reader here, but Jesus Christ, you just love to see it. Yeah, You're a guy that's been in the trenches, dude. And I'm gonna bring a couple stats here. Um, in your minor league career, you have a two eight six ERA. Are you fucking kidding me with that shit? And yeah. dude, and everything combined. So the minor leagues, college, majors, summer ball, you have a two seven five ERA. So obviously you've just been a dog forever. When did you kind of realize like what I have is a little bit different than my teammates or like my competitors. Like I have a chance to go pro here and be like something special. When, like what age did you realize that? Um, you know, I would say probably my junior year of college, I'd had a pretty good season. And I figured I would get drafted. You know, but but there's there's so much unknown and so much, you know, you can talk to players, you can talk to coaches and stuff, but you don't really know what it's like until you experience it. So 
I would say when I got to double A and started having success, that's when I kind of said, you know, I need to, I need to keep working. I need to keep, you know, busting, busting my ass because, um, you know, I, I think that I, that I can make this, this dream of mine. I can think I can make it true. I think I can contribute to a major league baseball team. So I would say, yeah, probably in around 2018 and stuff when I was having success in double A, that's when I kind of felt like, you know, I could, I could really do this thing. So. Were you ever teammates with friend of the show, another humble brag here, Jonathan India? Do you ever play with India? Yeah. So I played one year with him at uh, Florida. My junior year was his freshman year. He's so, yeah, disgusting. I mean, he's, uh, <laughs> he's disgusting. Yeah, he, and, and uh, you know, the first the first day, you know, at practice, his first his freshman fall, you could tell that he had that he had it in him, and you could tell that he, you know, he 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 approached the game of baseball a lot different than a lot of players in, in a good way, you know? So I think, um, you know, the success that he's having is not surprising to me at all. You know, I think that he's, he's, he's been able to show it at every level. Was he that guy that came in freshman year that all the girls wanted to be with all the guys were like, I'm jealous <laughs> of this fucking guy because dude, of, yeah. I always say this. Lie, and yeah. I, I said this a couple of weeks ago about Dansby Swans and we had Matzik yeah. on. I hate guys like that. Like, I wanted to tell India, like, I hate you. He's good looking. He has incredible mm-hmm. hair. And he's just disgusting at the game of baseball. It's yeah, like, but, dude, pick one. Like, you can't have exactly. all three. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Yeah, but I, I will say for India, man, he's he's a humble guy. And he's the same guy every day. And, uh, you know, definitely, definitely, uh, you know, has the look, has the feel for, uh, you know, big baseball star. So I think that, you know, it's only going to be up from here for him. Yeah. And I asked him this, and I'm going to have to ask you this because, listen, I, I love this guy on the football field, but the Tim Tebow stuff, what was your thought process on this guy when this guy tried to do baseball? Because India said he was actually training at your guys' like baseball facility or like in Florida at one point, but I'm assuming you weren't there at that time. But what was your thought process? Were you all in on Tim Tebow playing baseball, or were you like, man, you're, you're a football guy? Yeah, see, I, I mean, I, I have mixed feelings on that. I, I grew up a big Tebow fan. So, like, you know, I grew up in Gainesville. So I've been a Gator fan my whole life. So Tim Tebow was, you know, a hero to me look, growing up. But, um, you know, I played against Tebow at, at three levels in the minors. And, and you know, he just – he didn't have it, you know. It's just been a while since he had played. So, um, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, he just didn't I'm have just, it. He wasn't that guy. Yeah, it didn't have it. That's Dude. that's simple. And like I said, it, it's nice to see guys like that that are good looking, all that like athletic, just kind of get knocked down a peg. Like I, I actually love to see, and this is maybe diabolical, but I love to see guys like that fail because you can't just be nasty at baseball, football, be good looking, smart. Yeah, it just yeah. you can't you can't have them all. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And I think you, the main. Sorry, now the main thing that I that I got from it was just you know, there's a kid that you know has played baseball his whole life and is working his ass off to you know make the big leagues of the Mets and you know he could be sitting behind Tebow wondering hey is this guy really even serious about this yeah you know so that's that's the way that I saw it you know and I'm not saying that Tebow wasn't trying hard because he was but at the same time you know it's it's a lot easier for uh you know for them to give a chance to a 25 year old compared to a 35 year old you know what I mean did you punch his ticket did you ever face him uh yeah I did I faced him twice in double a and I got him out both times Oh, we're so, no punchies, or what are we talking here? Like pitch uh, contact? No, 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 no. I think he first at bat, he grounded out to me actually, and then the second at bat, I struck him out. 
Okay. So, All right. That'll play. Left you, on left. Left on left is it was kind of you know oh, he, he didn't he, see, he didn't see shit. Yeah. I guarantee you he didn't see shit, especially with the way you pitch. It's just yeah. it was nightmare fuel, especially like yeah. obviously I, I saw you live a lot of a couple a lot of times this year. So, I mean, and, and be, growing up in Gainesville, me being a Canadian guy here, obviously I love college football. I'm a massive college football and basketball guy. Mm-hmm. What would you say is the bigger rivalry, the University of Miami or Florida State? Or am I an idiot for even asking that? Because I don't know where that varies. Because I know Honestly, the University of Florida hates both. I would say, I mean, definitely Florida State, but Miami is a huge rival for sure, um, especially in baseball. You know, um, football too, but like baseball. You know, those are those are two big big powerhouses for for baseball. And obviously, Florida State is too. I mean, you can't knock that, but. Um, yeah, that the Florida Miami rivalry is huge, but Florida State kind of just a, a take above that, I would so, say. And describe to the people. I mean, obviously, a pretty good amount of American listeners. We have a couple Canadians on the podcast. We're definitely going to get a, uh, listeners going to get a couple more with you on the show, being the Toronto Blue Jays guy. What is a game day like there? Because India said you just he can't really describe it. You just got to be there. You got to be there for a Fl- University of Florida football game. It just, it's not, it's indescribable, but just give us a little background because obviously I, I don't know if you're a guy that likes to get after it of a couple pops every once in a while, a couple beers, <laughs> but what was the game day there like? Because it just gives me chills thinking about the swamp yeah. packed with people. Like I, yeah. oh, it just gets me going. So my, my family's had season tickets for years. So I've been, I've probably missed five home games since I've been five years old. I mean, I really like, I go to, every game that I can make pretty much. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's it like, it, it's part of my childhood, man. You know, like I, I grew up going to games every Saturday, you know, me and my dad and, and mom and brother. And I mean, it's, it's, it's an unreal experience. And then, you know, to, to see it as a student as well, you be in the student section for those games and, and big, big time rival games. It's, it's the best, man. And I, hopefully I'll be going many, many years to come. So. You, I might have to make a guest appearance. We'll bring a camera guy. We'll do, we'll do just the vlog. Me, you, just Florida. I'm a Michigan fan, by the way. So I don't have any ties oh, really? with the SEC. I don't have any ties with the SEC. But, um, yeah, I mean, Florida's definitely on there with me. On, I mean, they made the SEC championship game, I think, two years ago, right? Or last year, technically? Oh, yeah. Two years ago. Two years oh, ago. Yeah, yeah. Technically. technically last year. But, yeah, it's it definitely. And yeah. so – how easy is it? Because I we have guys from Arizona State on the podcast, and I always say to them, how easy is it to find a recruit to go to the school? You just take them around campus, and it's just a bunch of rocket ship women just walking around, just the best-looking girls <laughs> in the world. I mean, so when recruits – and I got to ask this because obviously you're a hometown guy there. When recruits mm-hmm. would come and visit and, like, visit the baseball facilities, visit the school, maybe go to a game day with you guys, maybe party with you guys, were they just like shocked at like what the fuck is this? Like this is just insane. Because I'm telling you right yeah. now, if I went there, baseball would be the last thing on my mind. Thank God I did. Yeah, no, that it, it happens a lot. You know, I mean, baseball is obviously what you're there for, but there's so many like distractions. You know, good distractions and bad distractions that you know can can get in your way. But um, yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty easy to recruit at schools like that, you know, good baseball and obviously warm weather. And, you know, every every student there, you know, there's 50,000 students that go to the University of Florida. So you definitely don't have any trouble finding uh, a significant other. Right? <laughs> I love that, dude. And obviously yeah. with your stats there, obviously you're a massive part of that baseball team. And I believe um, 
the year India went there, he, you guys all, they almost made it to the World Series, or they did make it to the World Series. I don't even remember. But what were some of the best teams that you played for there? I know Brady Singh went there. I don't know if you guys were teammates at the time, right? Or were you teammates with Brady Singh? No, he, I, was a, I was a year ahead of him. So I, uh, so no, you, two years So you ahead passed on the dynasty to him. So you passed on the torch, like that meme yeah. of like the, the, the yeah. turtle so, passing on. So my class was, it was me, AJ Puck. Pete Alonzo, Jesus uh, Buddy Reed. Yeah, Buddy Reed, who's in the AAA with the A's. Um, we had Dane Dunning, who's a starter for the Rangers, Rangers. now. Uh, we have Sean Anderson, who actually just got picked up by the Blue Jays, so I'll be with him this year. He's got a, a little bit of time with the Giants and the Twins and yeah. the Padres as well. Um, yeah, so, I mean, our group – and we have another kid that's in AAA with the A's as well, Logan Shore, who was uh, SEC Freshman of the Year our year so i mean uh, yeah our we had the number one recruiting class coming into high school uh coming into our freshman year as well so i mean it, it's it was it was a great time and all those guys i'm still really close with and um you know made lifelong friends with all of them and and yeah i mean university of florida those last from 2014 through you know this year i mean there's been an unbelievable amount of talent that has that's gone through there and so you mentioned Pete Alonzo, and that's something that's not talked about enough that Pete Alonzo went to Florida because he's kind of looked upon as a guy that just like came out of high school and was just a freak. Yeah. But he went to Florida. What was this guy doing at Florida? Like, did you know this guy was going to be an MLB superstar that would win home run derbies and shit? What was it uh, like being alongside him? No, I did because, um, you know, his freshman year, he, he had an okay year. It wasn't crazy good, but you could tell he, 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 was, he was on the verge of being something special. And so we actually, me and him played together for the Madison Mallards in the summer team up in the Northwoods. And he hit 18 home runs in like a month and a <laughs> half. And it was like, you know, I'd never seen anything like it. And, and his BP is, I'll put it up against anybody else's BP. I mean, even Vladdy, you know, like his, their BP is just, it's unreal. And, um, you know, hopefully he can, he can, next year get back to where what he was doing because i mean it, i've seen it firsthand and and it's unreal would you so. say in that i mean would you say he was one of the like best players that you played with growing up or just in school and <laughs> stuff like that like when you saw pete were you just kind of in your head were you saying all right this is what a big league hitter looks like like if i'm good if i want to get live bps against someone if i want to face someone especially at the, at the age you were at this is what a big league guy is going to be like as close to it as possible yeah. that I get right now. Yeah, no, I would say so. You know, at first, you know, in college, you kind of, it, it, you don't really notice it because you just, at, when you're there, you're just like, man, I just want to pitch as good as I can and try to get drafted. And so you're not really like noticing, but one thing I'll say about Pete, man, is, is he puts the work in and it's like almost too much to where he kills himself. He just wants to be so good. And that's when I, that's how I noticed that, that he was, he's going to be something special and he already is, but I'm just saying he, he's going to, he's going to be what, you know, there's just the work that he put in. I mean, it was just like, it was unbelievable, you know, and, and the dedication that he has to the game and the love he has for the game is just, you know, it was really cool to see. Yeah, dude, my favorite Pete Alonzo clip. Don't even, don't even give me the home runs. Don't give me any of that. It's him at the home <laughs> run derby, just fucking launching baseballs, and these kids just getting absolutely yeah. tortured with ricochet yeah. shots. That, dude, I, I, 
I've been saying that for years, man. Why they have those kids out there? This is gonna get hurt. That's all it is. You know? <laughs> Why it's, do they do that? <laughs> there's, yeah. there's literally like twelve year olds out there, and there's Vladdy at the plate with like 112 eggs in yeah. below. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. It really does. It's bananas to me. So you get drafted, like you said, tenth round. Were the Jays one of those teams that was kind of like not playing hard to get that were like seriously into you? Maybe double texting every once in a while, double calling, or were they just out of the blue? Yeah, no, the only two teams that I really, I was really confident in drafting me were the Red Sox and Blue Jays. Um, the area scout that we had, Matt Bischoff, who's, he's a, he's just moved on to the Angels actually, but he, he drafted me, Bo, Nate Pearson, Sean Reed Foley. Jesus. Uh, Justin Schaefer. Um, there's probably a couple others that I'm forgetting right now, but yeah, man, he just, you know, um when draft came around i knew it was going to be either those, one of those two teams and you know obviously the blue jays took me and i'm super thankful for that dude do you have any funny stories from your time at ls or at florida because jake fraley told a funny story and he didn't mention any names besides alex bregman there was a they 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 won the conference or they won yeah they won the sec and alex bregman threw a party and this party was so big that there was like police choppers over their house, like the baseball yeah. house and the coach didn't care. Cause they just won the sec. Like, is there any funny stories you have from there? Like just massive parties that the baseball, yeah. like, did you guys have a baseball house or anything along those lines? Yeah, we sort of did. Um, my junior year we had, it was me, Pete, AJ puck and um, Ryan Larson and Logan shore. And I mean, there's honestly way too many stories to tell just our group because we were so close, so close together. And there was, uh, you know, 13 freshmen that came in that year. That was our group. So like we had a huge group and we were basically the whole team. And it was just like, you know, it was every weekend, they were, especially in the fall and early spring before season started, we were always getting into crazy shit and stuff. <laughs> so it was, it was, uh, you know, it was, it was a lot of fun. So, you know, Did you guys made, did you guys get to like experience that college lifestyle? Because obviously we have guys in here that are like not, not conservative, yeah. but guys that legitimately don't drink and stuff like that, or they don't no, like to have no. a good we, time. We, we, we probably enjoyed it too much. That, so, see that fire. Our coach, up. our coach wasn't too fond of us when we were in school. He didn't mind <laughs> us now, but yeah, we were, we were shitheads for sure. But it's like, dude, you're not, you're not, you're not, you're not going to like bench Pete Alonzo and you're not going to bench Kirby <laughs> Snead with a two, four, five ERA. Like, yeah, it's like, yeah. whatever, man. Like guys like me yeah. couldn't get away with that when I was in like when I was in junior college, but guys yeah. like you, you could borderline yeah. do whatever the fuck you want. Like Matt yeah, Jones that's... had a DUI and he was starting QB. Yeah. yeah. That's the good thing about those big D ones is that, you know, that, Obviously, they know that there's going to be that little aspect of it where kids just want to, you know, enjoy life. And, you know, I mean, looking at back at it now, man, I was so young and naive that, you know, there's no there's no telling the things that I would I was going to get into anyway. So, dude, and that's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like it makes more sense for guys to go to school out of call, like out of call out of a uh, high school instead of going yeah. to the draft, because yeah. you see these 18 year olds just doing stupid shit. When they get drafted, mm -hmm. they get a shit ton of money yeah. and they'll like, like for instance, Cole Franklin, this is a chirp by Cole Franklin. He got drafted out of high school. He bought a Gucci tracksuit and just flew to Arizona to buy the Gucci tracksuit and flew back. Like in college, at least you get a little bit of a chance to be a fucking idiot for like two years, three yeah, years. No, exactly. That's it. That's exactly what it is. You know, that's the first thing you notice in pro ball too. All the college guys that have experienced it and have learned from their mistakes and, and 
you know, have basically, you know, learned the hard way, you know, just, you know, F something up and then you learn from it and then you move on and then you get to pro ball and then you're more focused. And then, you know, those high school guys, you get it out of you. Yeah. Those high school kids, those high school kids that that's the thing that the main thing, the difference that I've noticed is in college, you know, your coach is going to kick you down, beat you down, tell you that you're, you know, worthless and you know, you don't know it all. And then you have to learn from experiences while high school kids, you know, they've only been told how, how great they are. And then they get to pro ball and then they've, you know, they've, they're a millionaire. And then, you know, they, it's just like, that, it's crazy. Little, it's, it's two totally different worlds when you first start out and then they slowly, slowly start to get it. But I'm thankful that I went to Florida and obviously I was a big Gator fan, but just the experiences that I had. And, and I learned a lot about myself. You know, I learned that, you know, I basically helped me grow up and realize what, what I wanted to do. We got to get you in contact with like Kyle Pitts. Like, I don't know if you know him personally. Like, have you met no, Pitts? I don't, but we no, got to get I that. We got to get that connection. Just like the yeah. two pro athlete jersey swap yeah. at Rogers Center. Yeah. Kyle Pitts for no reason would be in Toronto. <laughs> like, Kyle Pitts, I want to say this Kyle Pitts will never be in Toronto in his life. I'm just going to say yeah. he'll never, unless yeah. we figure something out here. He never yeah. will be. And, and, yeah. and, you, and you mentioned two different lives. And I got to bring this up because you go from being in Florida. I'm assuming you're like first class hotels, like five, or five star hotels, first class flights, wherever the like, wherever your team is playing, yeah. these beautiful bus rides. And then mm-hmm. next thing you know, you're in fucking Dunedin, <laughs> like what, yeah. or, or in A ball or high A or low yeah. A or whatever. Yeah. What was that adjustment for you? Because you're living the lavish lifestyle, your champagne lifestyle, and then you're just pretty much just living like a, a blue collar guy for the rest, for the, for a little bit of your pro ball life. Yeah. So I, I think I, I think I was just so excited to get started that, you know, I didn't really, didn't really sit back and think about it, but on my first year I got sent to Lansing, which was low a, and that was right I near Michigan. It was right near Michigan state university. So it basically was like another year of college. You know, I was, I was, <laughs> yeah. You know, we, we had games every night, but then, you know, obviously if I didn't think I was pitching, I'd, I'd go and, and we'd, we'd go to Michigan state bars and hang out and, do stuff so I, it pretty much was like another year of college and then obviously when you get to Dunedin and double a like that double a season the travel is so bad and you're on a bus for 10 hours after a game and then you have a game the next night and hotels are you know run down and and you just get what you can get so yeah it definitely was a big difference but I think I was just you know the group that I've had fortunately playing throughout the ranks of the Blue Jays I've always been close with and uh, it's kind of just like we're all doing it together so it wasn't really that big of a deal at the end of the day and can you confirm or deny because I think Kevin Smith told us a story and I was at like I posted that video today I don't know if you creeped our profile I was at his debut swallowed yeah, dip. Yeah, yeah. yeah swallowed dip wasn't ideal but <laughs> um so he told the story where when you guys were in Lansing where like it would there would be sorority night do I have that correct? There'd mm-hmm. be sorority yep. night and the yep. soror- yep. it would just be sorority girls just pack the stadium and the, t- the, the Lansing Lugnut players would try to wheel them. Can you confirm or deny that? Maybe throw uh, a couple balls up with their numbers? Yeah, yeah. I had a girlfriend at the time, so I, I refrained from, you know. Getting, Not you. I'm saying like, for instance. No, no, like, no. Yeah, they did. No, they did for sure. That's for sure. so electric. Jesus Christ. Yeah. I, I wish I just played low A. Just would, I would have been like yeah. <laughs> seventh on the depth chart. It just, if you have that blue check mark beside your name, it's just game over. We're, who was down there with you on the Jays that, that's on the Jays right now? Um, so I actually was, I was the year before Kevin Smith. 
but um my group there that's still playing was sauce taylor saucedo yeah uh jordan romano was there oh, ryan barucky ryan barucky was there um trying to think of who else so there was none of like uh, none of like the boba because i can't even imagine no we, no bo bo and vlad were there i got um the next season i had started in lansing for like a month yeah and i was with bo and vlad there too oh but, my god could you imagine yeah. sorority night with boba oh my <laughs> god that guy's dms were flooded that night he's yeah. so i i love bo like literally i would talk if if somehow like i've been trying to get jano to like kind of sneak our name into boba Shet. if somehow he gets on this podcast i might like i might have like a legit stroke like i i love boba <laughs> Shet so much He's yeah. just, he's that guy. Like he's just the most swaggiest dude of all time. And yeah, when you're at Lansing and I, all the Lansing guys tell stories of this, is there kind of stories about like urban legends of like balls, Vladdy and Bo hit off the fucking, like the houses and left yeah. and shit. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when I first got drafted and Bo was in the uh, GSO, like the little, you know, first starting out league for first high school draft kids. And it was like, it was a man. It was a man out there amongst boys. Like this. <laughs> in Lansing too. Him and Vlad in Lansing. You know, they're they're eighteen, nineteen years old against you know guys that are fresh out of college and and trying to work their way up, and they're just absolutely dominating those two. <laughs> you know, and then in Double A we go, and Vlad hits damn near four hundred in Double A, and you're like, this kid is the best ever. Dude, so, oh my God, you're getting me. I'm ready to run through a brick wall right now. Like, I, yeah. I love the Jays. I love this Jays team. I pissed my pants for George Springer. Maybe I'll send you that video. I legitimately pissed my pants. Like, it's one of the most monumental yeah. things in this podcast history. I know George Springer heard about it somewhere. But, dude, yeah. and, like, the thing is that really fires me up about it is, is, like, you guys all stick together, like, through the minors. You know what I mean? Bo, Vladi, yeah. Baruckis, Romano, you, Kevin Smith. Obviously, Groshan's coming out, another front of the show, humble brag. Yeah. Like, you guys all come up. It's majority homegrown talent besides Ryu or, mm-hmm. or George Springer. So, how, like, every single level you go to, did you feel like you already had that connection with these guys, even, even if you never played there before? Definitely. Definitely, yeah. I mean, um, in high, we won the league. Double A the next season, we won the league. And then, you know, this last year in Triple A, we had just won the league as well. So, I think that, um, you know, that little core group that we've had has been, has been, you know, worked wonders for, and, you know, the, the main thing I'll say too, is the Blue Jays for just like keeping us together, you know, like, especially Bo and Vlad and Kevin and, you know, guys like that. I mean, it's, it's crazy that, you know, feels like yesterday we were just starting out and now, I mean, look at them now. I mean, Bo's a all-star, Vlad's an all-star, you know, could be either of them could be in the hall of fame one day. So it's just crazy to see. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, 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 those, those years in the minors with them, you know, it, it was, it was just awesome to witness it, you know, and I'm just glad that I've been a part of it and it's kind of elevated my game too to get me to work harder and just try to, you know, maintain their success as well as mine. So. And you kind of came like in last year when there was kind of that narrative that the Jays bullpen um is not ideal right is blowing games and like i said there's one guy nothing against him personally he's legit dead to me tyler chatwood i don't know if you know him on a personal level but tyler (laughs) chatwood there if you look honestly i feel bad because if you search my name on twitter with tyler chatwood there's probably 500 tweets just bashing the guy and like i don't like bashing friends of the show i will say that i'll never bash you i'll never bash kevin smith but tyler chatwood is single-handedly my arch nemesis but that's fine so you came up 
And it's like the bullpen has this narrative, but then the bullpen second half turned that shit on, man. I mean, there was so many games down the stretch where it's like, we need four or five innings from the pen here because Ryu's going short innings or something along those lines. And it was just shutout season. So what, what is it like? Like, what was it like being a part of that bullpen, especially playing for what's his name? I don't even know what, how the, the, the pitching coach, fuck Pete Walker. Like what, what's it yeah. like playing for Pete Walker? And what was, especially you were there when the Jays were making that run. So what was the, like the mindset, like for the bullpen and all that stuff? Yeah, um, I would say just from my experience, the the AAA team that we had last year was killing it. You know, like everyone down there was doing extremely well. And when I made it up, um, you know, my thing was I just I just try to take it a day at a time. You know, each day that that comes, you know, I don't try to worry about what my what my ERA is going to be at the end of the season. I don't try to worry about how many strikeouts I'm going to have. You know, and I think that um, you know Pete especially and and just the pitching guys that we have in our org, I think they they really pay attention to what we do well and how we do it well. And I think that they've just, you know, kind of harped on us about trusting our stuff really. And I think that's the main thing about Pete that I'll say that I've just, I've, I've soaked up from him is that, you know, you guys, you guys need to trust your stuff. You know, you got here for a reason. You're here for a reason. You guys are all good. You have good stuff. You just have to go out and execute. And I think that's the main thing that, that, you know, our triple A team had. And then those guys that came up from that triple A team, I think we kind of, I wouldn't say we influence those guys, you know, those are, those are guys that already been there and have experience. But I think the main thing that I took from that bullpen last year was just everyone came in with a purpose to just help the team win. And, you know, it sounds cliche, but that's really what it was. I think, uh, you know, once, once it, when it got down to crunch time, I think we really just, just like, like I said, one day at a time, one pitch at a time, one batter at a time. I think that's pretty much what it was. You know, I, I can't really point my finger to one thing, but that's that's as close as I can get to an answer. Dude, that was honestly such a fun run. Like, like that that August, September, like July, when like the Jays swept the Yankees. And notice, and listen, people saying this podcast. Notice how I don't fucking say we when I talk about the Blue Jays. And I'll say this: the fans that refer to their team as we, I legitimately hate. Like I, <laughs> I hate you so much. Yeah. And Kirby played for Florida, and I guarantee you he's not calling the football team we. All right, and plain and simple. And that's just a little note to the kids listening to this, the Jays fans listening to this. They're the Toronto Blue Jays, not we. It's not our. It's not us. All right, it's the Jays. Okay. I just wanted to get that out of the way. But I want let's go back to your minor league seconds. We always do minor league story of the week here. And we've had some funny stories. Like we've had guys climb light poles and machetes. We've had guys threaten players' lives after games waiting at the bus. We've had like <laughs> uh locker rooms where it's sand on the floor. There's no, there's no, there's nothing. Yeah. What yeah, would yeah. you say is your your minor league story? Like your Picasso minor league story. Like just Man. not fucked up, but just like what am I doing? No, here? no, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um Man, I'll say this on bus two. So there's every every road trip in Dublin, you have two buses. And bus one is for all the guys who just like to sleep when I watch a movie, you know, iPad, whatever. And bus two is for the guys that want to get rowdy, you know, <laughs> like they want to they want to have a good time. And so that mainly was the bullpen bus, except for a couple, <laughs> you know, a few of them. But so that group and it, it was 2018 we won the league that year and we were killing it that was with Bo and Vlad and Kevin and all them and you know obviously both of them were too young to drink so 
they were on bus one hanging out, but yeah, bus two was pretty, pretty rowdy. And we had a strength coach there that was the man and he was, you know, really good at what he, you know, he's, he was obviously loved to hang out with us and have a good time with the boys. But, you know, obviously he was a, he was an awesome strength coach and, and did a lot of good for us. But yeah, I would just say, I don't have any story in particular, but that bus two that year was some of the best times of my life for sure. And I made friends that I'll forever have and stories I'll forever have to that day. The best way to learn a language, immersion, living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. That's what I miss, man. Like, obviously, I was cat shit at baseball, but the thing that I miss uh, just being in JUCO is I took it for granted when I was there, like the bus rides, like just the, the little shit where it's just guys going at each other, just talking stupid shit, like just packing dips in the back of the bus with the boys. It's just reeking of coat yeah. mint, coat wintergreen yeah. in the back. Like that's the shit that I wish someone told me, like, listen, man, cherish, cherish this because yeah. when you're done with this and obviously you're not, it's like, you're going to be looking back on it and you'd be like, man, those were fucking the greatest times of all time. Yeah. And, and even though in the time our coach hated us, obviously shout out John Olson, but it's it just, it, those are the greatest times of all time. And what, what, what's the difference though with like, in the show because you obviously got got to go on a couple plane rides with the jays and just like just experience the show lifestyle the hotels yeah. the five stars like having meals wait waiting for you there what's the difference that like when you guys get on the plane let's say hypothetically after a three-game sweep against the yankees which you guys did in yankee stadium it, are the boys just getting after on the plane like are we talking beers yeah. flowing yeah coaches too but i don't want to snitch on anybody but yeah um yeah no it's just a good time you know i think um I think there's so much pressure up there, you know, like that's the main thing I noticed too, is like, you know, game like triple A, you obviously want to win. You want to do good. But at the end of the day, you know, like there's no, they're there for you. Yeah. Nobody's making millions playing in triple A. So I think, um, you know, that's the main thing I noticed up there was, you know, it's, there's so much pressure, man. And you know, the AL East is so crazy that if you can get a three game sweep like that, or you can, you know, win a series against the Red Sox and Fenway, like, you got to enjoy it, man. Cause you know, like you said, you know, if you don't, if you don't cherish those moments and you don't, you know, that that's how I, sometimes I feel about college, you know, like I, I think I was just having so much fun that I didn't really sit back and think like, man, I grew up in Gainesville. I went to the university of Florida. We went to Omaha two years. Like yeah. that was some of the best times of my life, man. And I, you know, there's, there's like AJ Puck, like me and him are still close talk to him nearly every day. And, um, you know, yeah, I mean, but especially just being up there in the big leagues, man, it's like a dream come true while also you have to like stay locked in 
So I think anytime you get to enjoy yourself, you have to, because there's so much pressure that people put on themselves to, to perform. Yeah, no, and, and obviously you say that. I mean, you're not going to get anyone in trouble with that. Like, obviously, if no, yeah, anyone yeah. with a fucking brain would be like, oh, okay, the, the Jays just swept the Yankees. Ho- I'm, like, <laughs> if I'm a Jays fan, I'm hoping they're getting after, they're getting after <laughs> it on the plane. Like, if they're not yeah. getting after it on the plane, it's like, what are we doing? Like, what's the, what's the yeah. point of sweeping the Yankees? But, no, dude, yeah. like – that's the thing that I love about the like just the game of baseball is it's just it, it's a it's an old it's not an old man's game but it's just I don't know if it's changed now but it's it's just guys being dudes like there's guys it that really there's is. guys there's guys on the plane just gambling ten thousand dollar hands with cards there's guys on the plane reading there's guys on the plane packing hammers and just yeah. and just chatting it up with the boys so who was yeah. one who's one guy on the Jays on. Um, that's like a the the ultimate team guy, like the guy that's like the glue guy, keeping the boys together, keeping the boys loose. Just that, like the me of the team. Um, I mean, there was a couple. I would say Springer, obviously. You know, he was he was pretty outgoing and and um, you know, always gave advice to people and stuff. But um, I mean, our our bullpen group that we had up there last year was, I mean, it, everyone got along and everyone was cool and and we all sat next to each other on the plane would just, you know, uh, but I think one guy that, that will continue to have success and, and kind of kept our little group, you know, uh, relaxed was Romano, you know, he's, uh, he's a character man. And he's, um, you know, obviously a great teammate to have a guy you definitely want on your team and you just know what he's going to bring every day. So I would say, yeah, I'd like for me, like the main guy that helped me and I just, you know, got it soaked a lot up from him was Romano just because I'd been with him through the minors and then I got up there and it was just kind of second nature again he's a legit psychopath like I think there's something yeah. when he's on the mound in a like, good way though yeah in when a very, he's on the very mound, when he's on the mound there's like something mentally like wrong with him yeah. in a good yeah. way like where it's yep. like if I step in that box this guy like legitimately if he murdered me he'd be cool with it like <laughs> I will not watch this guy it's borderline like I get scared it's crazy to me that people hit against this guy. Like yeah. the stare down he does, he stares through your soul. Like I, I forgot mm-hmm. to ask Jano this. I don't know how Jano is like not scared behind the dish catching this dude. Like this dude's a psychopath. Yeah. When did he yeah. start doing this? Like, do you remember like at, at what point he it started was, like? Yeah. So in 2019, right before he got called up for the first time, uh, we were all in AAA and he was having a pretty rough season to begin with. And I think he just like, I really can't, tell you exactly what happened but it, it was just like a flip of a switch and one day he just came out and just was started dominating and his next like three or four outings he looked like he was the best pitcher in the entire league and then he gets called up and from then on out it's like it's been a he's been a not a, a toy different person on the mound in a good way um but yeah i mean i think i think that 2019 season just having those little struggles and then he battled through it and i think he just has taken off from there is that something that you've kind of added to your game, just kind of watching him or mimicking him and just the element of being borderline psychotic on the mound? Or do you pitch better when you're like chill and not really thinking about the moment that you're in or stuff like that? I think I'm more, but I'm better when I'm chill. Um, you know, obviously I like to get amped up for games and whatnot, but <clears throat> it kind of just goes into what I was saying earlier. Like I just try to take it a pitch at a time. Like, there's really nothing in the moment that I can really control except just trying to execute this pitch. And so I think, um, I think that was my main focus just this year too, was, you know, trying to go up there and relax because it was my first time. 
so I didn't want to get too amped up and, and be, you know, out of my game and out of my composure. So, I mean, I, I like definitely pitching more chill than, than psychotic, like Romano. <laughs> so, He's so electric. And let's yeah. go into the moment. I mean, you got the call. So this is the funny story. And this is how you know Kevin Smith's a ride or die with me. He called me at 5.40 a.m. The two days before his debut in Washington, or actually the day of. And he's like, I did it, bro. He's like, I, I, I got the call. He's like, I haven't slept yeah. all night. And he told me stories of like you guys like just saying to him, dude, why are you still down here? But what, what was the, when did what was your call up to the show story? Where were you? What happened? Did coach try to surprise you? Or was it just like you're in the show? Get like get your shit. Yeah. So we had a um, in the season this year, we had games. It was every Tuesday through Sunday was the series. Yeah. And so it was a Sunday night and we had just finished the series. We were in training at the time because um, the big league team was some Buffalo. So we were playing there. Uh, my girlfriend was actually in town and we went to dinner. And um, at the time, man, I was just really frustrated because I hadn't gotten caught up yet. Yeah. You know, and I, and I was really anticipating it. And I just really, you know, it, was, it was almost where I was getting tired of, of waiting. And so um, it was kind of funny story like me and my girlfriend were at dinner and we were just kind of were just sitting there like almost pissed off because I had been pitching like extremely well within the last like month or so I just been killing it killing it and I know that the Jays had had you know injuries and such so I was just like why what the hell is going on so we're sitting there at dinner kind of just you know not really saying much and I get a call from this California number and I was like uh, whatever it's probably spam you know I'm just sitting there like well whatever because I, I didn't have our we had a we have a, a whatsapp so I have our coach our manager's number but I didn't have it like officially saved to my phone yeah so I kind of like just let it ring whatever I'm like whatever maybe they'll leave me a voicemail and I get a call again from the California number and I was like well I guess I better answer this so I'm just like sitting there on the phone and he's like hey Kirby uh you need to pack up your stuff man you're gonna go to Boston tomorrow uh you're gonna meet the team uh, you're going to be active. And I was like, damn. And I just remember like sitting there, I was like, this can't be real. Like I, there's no way. <laughs> and so, yeah, I mean, it was, it was a good, it was a good experience, man. I called my folks and told them and they, they, they were fortunate enough to get up there in time. So it was cool, man. And I actually grew up a huge Red Sox fan. I just, I don't know. I just loved watching Pedro Martinez and I was a big fan of John Lester growing up. So, um, I just love the socks and I, I went, I went to a couple games growing up and just for that to be the place that I made my debut was special, man. It was really cool. And I mean, your first start, I mean, your first appearance, you go 0.2 innings, clean slate, right? I mean, what were the nerves like for you there when the coach is like Kirby get warm because <laughs> yeah. dude, you're at Fenway, like you, the fans are on yeah. top of you and you've yeah. never yeah. pitched in the major leagues before. And this is in the heart, like this is in the end of July during that race, like during when the race is starting, when the Jays are starting to win. I mean, yeah. what, what was that? What was your mind thinking, dude? That's bananas to me. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was nuts. Like there was, I remember him, I could have easily just jumped off the bench and ran into the game. Cause I was so amped up. <laughs> he said that it was like a, it was like a quick, flash and i literally could have gone out there and been fine i didn't need to warm up or anything i was so like locked in and and ready to go um but yeah man it, it was a cool experience you know i came in uh faced um a kid that i'd already faced in triple a like three or four times before so when i saw he was hitting i was like ah this is you know 
this is it, you know, this is, this is where you want to be. And, you know, it was a good experience, man. It was just really cool. And I was, I was happy that my family was there to see it. That was the main thing, you know, cause they've helped me out so much throughout my career and just, you know, been there for me and put up with a lot of my shit. So it was good for them to be there. A lot of the uh, drink, a lot of the drinking tickets, uh, Florida and shit, man. I just, you got credit to your family for just grinding through it. You love to see it. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah, dude, exactly. and then the, ne- the the thing that's even more bananas to me and mind boggling to me is, is they have you hot the next day. Like you come in the next day, July 29th against the Red Sox. You all, you give up, I believe you gave up a, or two hits. And then two what do you hits, do? Yeah. You put, you put your balls on the table, punchy, punchy, punchy. <laughs> so after that appearance where you like, all right, like now it's go time. I'm in the show. It's no yeah. more sentimental shit. I just punched out three of the, the side in, in a big league game at Fenway Park. It was, is that when you kind of clued in? Like, all right, no more fuck around zone. Yeah. So I think it was kind of, it kind of put me at ease, you know, because when I, when I realized that I was going to go back to back days, I was like, man, these guys really trust me. And, you know, they really, you know, they want, they want to see me, see me out there. So I think it was kind of a comforting thing. And then obviously when you get in the game, you just want to do the best you can. And, and, you know, I gave up two hits and I think I was, I was proud of myself because I was so relaxed that it was almost like not a big deal. And obviously at the time, I think we were up like 11 to zero or something. So it wasn't like I was in a crunch situation, but it was just a cool, it was a cool moment, man. And, you know, facing all those hitters that you watch hitting growing up and in college, you watch all these guys and then you're out there in Fenway thrown against them. I think it, it was a little easier for me to, to like, you know, be in the moment, I think, cause I just had, had, you know, obviously it's easier said than done when you get out there. But um, I think it was just cool to like actually be there and just be in the moment. I think that's what I was, what I was soaking in the most. And let's go into your first appearance at the most electric stadium in baseball, the, the greatest, <laughs> the greatest fans in the world. Yeah, and yeah. when that stadium is packed, you've never seen it yet packed. Like, I mean, I guess maybe the last series of the year against the, the Orioles, stuff like that, when it, when they got as close to selling out as possible as we're allowed. But yeah. what was your first appearance like at the Rogers Center, man? I mean, I think when you started the door, I, I, when, when you came out, when you came out in appearance, like your, when your appearance, Jesus, learn how to talk much. It, 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 the dome was open, <laughs> so you you, yeah. you got you got the CN Tower behind home plate. Mm-hmm. The fans are buzzing. It, the place is buzzing. Like that was that Red Sox series, I believe you guys swept in in, in Toronto. I could be wrong on that. Um, no, we what did, was that yeah. like for you, man? It was great, you know. And it was kind of cool. We were facing the Red Sox again, so that's another thing. I was just in the moment, you know. Just it was it was a much easier, you know. I was like, you know, been here, done that, pretty much, and. I think the main thing I noticed was I, so I came in and finished, I came in for the first inning. I think it was like the sixth or seventh and um, the dome was open and then it started raining. And then I remember (laughs) I was, I was sitting there in between innings, not really paying attention, just kind of just, you know, trying to stay relaxed and, and just, I don't know, stay in the moment. And so when I went back out there for the second inning, I was like, man, it's much louder in here. Like it's 10 times louder than it was when I first, was, and I looked up and the dome was closed and I was like, dang, this is pretty sweet. Like I get, you know, two innings of yeah, both, both at open and closed. And that game was pretty intense too. Cause we were down eight to three and came back and won. Yes. And that was when George Springer hit the home run. And, and so it, it was, man, it was awesome. So it was, it was really cool. 
dude, what a game that was. That was when I yeah. started to realize, like, all right, the Jays, the Jays are good this year. Like, obviously, Springer was yeah. injured, but with him in the lineup, I mean, you got Springer, Guerrero, Simeon, Teoscar, and him. It's like Jesus Christ. But yeah. so, what's the locker room like after that? Because you guys are down eight three. Obviously, probably a couple fans left. And next thing you know, the Jays put up a five spot, right, in the seventh and the eighth to, to win the game. That locker room must be just an idiot zone. I mean, God, is, pray for the fucking the, the club, the clubbies that have to clean yeah. that shit. But what was that like? It's cool, man. It's just like uh, I think the main thing that, that I've noticed up there is like the game is no different than when you're playing in college, you know? You're just yeah. going out there trying to win, and, and obviously you're having a good time with your friends, and that's the, that's the main thing is, like, you guys are – like, winning is fun, you know, especially at that level. Like I was saying earlier, there's so much pressure to win, and when you do win in a fashion like that, I mean, it's like – it's it's the floodgates are open, man. They just go in there and just, you know, Dude. obviously it's cool, man. It's cool. What would you say, like uh, – it? what is it like for you – to because obviously you're a pro you're a professional baseball player what's it like for you to kind of just see the way that vladi conducts himself every single day especially at how young he is like he's a literally literally like a superstar like he's probably top five in the game of baseball i might be biased for saying that but what's it like to just see every single day this guy get out there he gets on base he's good defensively now on first base and he just mashes baseballs for a living i mean the guy is disgusting is it like do you do you like look back as like a fan or just kind of be like I can't believe I'm playing with this dude? Like yeah, do you do you have those moments? Yeah, that's how we. I mean that year in Double A, like our whole team was just like this is nuts. Like he should, this is nuts. He's gonna be <laughs> he's gonna be the face of baseball one day. I remember uh, at one time that I I made a joke with some guys in the bullpen. I was like one day my kid is gonna be asking me for Vlad Guerrero cleats. You know? Yeah. He's going to be asking me, like, hey, can we go get these? We need to go to Dick's and get these Under Armour cleats. Like, I really want these or, you know, whatever he's yeah. wearing. But so it's cool, man. It's just really – and I think the main thing about Vladdy is that he is so relaxed and just comfortable in his own game. And he almost goes out there and makes it look so easy, you know. Like, I'm, yeah. it, it's, it's one thing as a fan, but, like, watching him – you know, as a teammate, man, like it's, he makes it look, the game looks so easy and he makes it, you know, it's like he knows exactly what he has to do each time he gets up to the plate and he either does it or, you know, if he doesn't, it's not that, but I mean, his, his outs look amazing. You know, he can smoke yeah. the ball to center field and you're like, that's the hardest ball I've ever seen hit in my life. <laughs> and he'll just do it. Like he, it's, it's, it's insane the way, the way he just, makes the game look so simple it's a privilege it honestly is like and i don't think and and one day you and kevin and all these guys because kevin actually when he was up here he made so many good plays like vladdy be another side of it that they like just kind of grew a friendship just based off of that you guys are gonna look back on this shit and be like dude i played with fucking vladdy like i I played with (laughs) vladdy guerrero jr it's bananas to me you got to start getting that autograph shit now maybe like a jersey on the back of your wall or something but dude it's like so in the clubhouse there, obviously I was at that game. The the Jays came back when they were down like eight to the uh, athletics. Is it just like when you guys yeah. are on the bullpen, are you just guys like, I'm always going to be ready because. So super, super funny story about that game. I had just gotten called up that day. I had I, I'd gotten an option down at AAA and I got yeah. called up for that game. And we were in, um, we were playing the Phillies AAA. 
Yeah. And I was, I got called like that morning and said, Hey, you need to get on. Uh, we have a taxi service. You're flying. You're going to go to Philly, fly to Toronto, and you're going to be, you know, make it in time for the game that night. <clears throat> and this is like, like, this is like two hours before my flight takes off. They tell me this. So I, I'm rushing and, I, and it's like an hour to Philly. So I'm rushing, rushing, rushing. And I get to the plane, barely make the plane, get on the plane to Toronto. I get off in Toronto and the customs line is like 2000 people on. <laughs> and it, at this time, it's like, it's like five o'clock and the game starts at seven. And I'm like, there's no way I'm making this. There's zero chance I'm making this game. And so I finally get through customs, finally get to the stadium and I get dressed in like the fifth inning. Yeah. And I go down to the bullpen and they're like, Hey, if we go extras tonight, you're probably going to pitch. <laughs> I was like, Damn. And then that's when we came back and won and Simeon hit the walk off. And I just remember like, whole, like, thank you. I don't have to like come in this game. I'm so tired. I'm so, you know, like just exhausted from the travel day. So it was cool, man. It's, it was a good feeling. And, and uh, that series was also special because AJ Puck is with the A's and yeah. he was up and I got to see him and talk to him. And that was our first time, you know, in the bigs together, stuff that we had talked about, like, you know, long before we had gotten there. So it was just cool, man. It was just really a great experience this year. And I think I'm, I'm just thankful for the experiences, you know, obviously I pitched well and I, I think I, you know, I made a little name for myself, but I mean, you I think did. it's just, I'm starting the, I'm starting the Kirby Sneed campaign here. Like I did. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know if you saw the picture. I made shirts, Kevin Smith shirts, the greatest player with a generic name in baseball yeah. history. I wore that to the <laughs> debut. Um, I, like I said, I, I'm all in on Kirby Sneed. I, like I said, we're going to go for beers when, you, when you're down here. We're going to go for beers. I'm going to show you around Toronto, maybe take a couple spots. That's what we'll do. Like, you're my guy now. Like, so any fan, like, we're going to have a whole Kirby Sneed section at one point. Sounds I'm good. like, we're going to, we're just going to start going bananas when you come out of the pen. But yeah. do you like, do you remember the, the sound after that Marcus Simeon? Obviously, I wasn't a part of the fucking game, but. That was the loudest I've ever heard. I, I've obviously been that Jays games when there was like sold out crowd and all that kind of stuff. But dude, that's the, the how loud that stadium was in the Jays. Like that was one of the craziest experiences of my life. It, it was bananas. Yeah, yeah no, it, it's, it's nuts, man. I, and I hope that obviously this year, I hope that, you know, they let full capacity and stuff. Cause like, I would say that's the main thing that helped our push. You know, I was, I was actually talking about that the other day on uh, the walk-off podcast. I was doing that with him. Um, and I was saying like how much that that fan support helped us get make that little push near the end of the season, and um, obviously you can hear stories about it, and you know people can say how cool it is. But once you've like, experienced like a game at, in the Rogers Center, there's I mean there's nothing that compares to it. I I went to Fenway, man, and I saw a go ahead home run in the eighth by Verdugo, and it still wasn't compared to the fans in Toronto, just the way that they are so avid about this. And obviously, you know, we have this young core with us now, so hopefully we can make a lot more memories. Yeah, dude, I'm fired up for it. Obviously I I, I go to a shit ton of games, but I, I'm fired the fuck up for it. I can't wait for the season to start. Obviously we don't know with the lockout and stuff like that, but I'm already planning out when friends of the show are attending or are in Toronto. I just, I'm, I'm juiced <laughs> for it. I'm really juiced for it. Yeah, and, no um, doubt. This is the last thing I want to bring up. Um, going into next year, obviously, you made a massive name for yourself. You're on the, obviously you're going to be a key part of the bullpen this year. What are like? What are your goals going into this year? Like, do you have like ERA goals or WHIP goals or K per nine goals? Like, 
or do you just say fuck and just let it eat? Like, wh- what what do you, that's like, what's the, your mindset? That's the thing, man. That's the thing. Like, that's exactly what it is. I just go out there and, and let it eat, like you said. I mean, I really, like, obviously, my goal, man, is is I just want to be, I want to be a reliable reliever. That's simply as, as simple as that. You know, I want to be a guy that a team can rely on. I want to be a guy that, you know, whatever situation I'm thrown in, I can get the job done. And, um, you know, I, I really am excited for this year. And, and um, you know, like I said before, it sounds so silly to say it, but, like, I really just take it a day at a time. You know, I really, like, I think if I can just get the most out of each day and I add up all those days um, and I look back on the season and I'm like, okay, I did everything I, I could to, to help the team. Dude, I'm juiced for it. I can't fucking wait. And like I said, you're my guy now. And it's just, we got, I might have the whole roster. And like I said, we're going to just, it's like when you're playing like a, like a battleship game. We're just attacking around all around the big guys on the Jays. We got you, Jano, Kevin Smith, Nate Pearson, Trent Thornton, all these friends of the show here. I'm going to get you all wearing official and official gear going into game day. And we're just going to yeah. like black blows and look at like, what the, what's that shit? Like that shit's fire. <laughs> we're going to get it going here. Don't you worry. I, <laughs> we're just going to get it all going here. And like I said, so a couple things, just a couple ground rules here for just being friends of the podcast. Now, whenever I hit you up um, and just give you a hint, like, listen, I don't have tickets to this game. It, you're obligated. I'm sorry. That's just our friendship rule. Now that's one. Uh, two is you have to do a jersey swap with me. We always do, and I'm not asking for an actual jersey. What we do is it's just this is that that's the the comedy of it. It's a jersey swap, but I only give you official and official gear. You give me nothing. We just take a picture pregame. It's like I'll give you. I can send you. I can send you some Gator gear if you want that. Right, I'll be a Gator guy now. I'll, that's like okay. I said, SEC school and S. I'm gonna be an SEC guy. I'm gonna be an SEC Florida Gator guy. I have Michigan. So funny, funny. You were telling me earlier. I actually. Uh, so I was a huge fan of Harbaugh when he was with the Niners. Yeah. I don't know how you feel about him, but um, no, he's my guy now. I was at the Big Ten championship. I uh, oh, not yeah. So I actually like I enjoy watching Michigan football now, and I've actually when we were playing in uh, Lansing, I drove over to Ann Arbor one day, and I was just looking, and I one of my bucket lists is like going to a game there. So I'm hoping you have to get up there soon. Yeah, you have to. I went to a game on college game day, like Lee Corso, all those guys were there. It was like five years ago or four years ago. It was against Wisconsin. Like it was when the, the Michigan yeah, had like remember, one of the I know, biggest. I know which one you're talking about. Yeah. yeah, Shea Patterson was a quarterback, one of the worst quarterbacks ever. Yeah. Anyways, man, I'm fired up for you this year. Fired up for the team, obviously. But like I said, you're my guy now. You're obli- like I said, you have those obligations. You're a part of the cult now. This is the official official Sounds cult. Good. Sounds um, and good. yeah, we'll just get it going here, man. I appreciate you doing this. You're a legend, and stay yeah, tuned for 2022 man. potential World Series parade. The people are gonna love this. I appreciate you doing this, brother. Yeah, no, thank you, man. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Officially Unofficial. Make sure you guys subscribe and leave a review on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Pod and on Instagram at Officially Unofficial Pod. Thank you.